To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode is also brought to you by PBNJoey.com. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to PBNJoey.com for the all-new dark roast coffee. That's PBNJoey.com for more information. PBNJoey.com. Hey, folks, open an account today with Weeble, and with just a $100 deposit, you'll get four free stocks. And if you refer a friend, you'll get two more. Such a simple way to start a portfolio with the power of a desktop, tablet, or cell phone. With Weeble, you'll get zero commission fees, access to pre-market trading, and in-depth analytical tools for more advanced users. If you want to support this program, go to positivesarcasm.com, click on the Weeble banner in the contact section. That way, I'll get free stocks, and you'll get free stocks. Now, that's something most of us can agree on. Terms and conditions do apply. See Weeble.com for more information. Thank you to Weeble, and please trade responsibly. So they're generally hitting the Moscato too because they need something sweet in their lives because their husband is f-ing sour. That ring on your finger? Some pygmy died digging that out of a f-ing hole for you to say I do and ruin some guys like. Yeah, look at that dude. He's got a hernia shaped like a bag of f-ing pretzels that he just. You're ate. going to Thailand. You're going to smash some dude. Going over there for guy time, but it's not with his buddies. What does it say on the bottle? Well, if it says that on the bottle, why did you put it on your head? All these actors did was shut their mouths. Because they didn't want to be run out of Hollywood. Now a bad batch of Chinese food has you blowing insurance premiums on vitamin f***ing D. Too much. <laughs> That's who we're I'm going like for Bill Maher. Really, John? Really? We can't do this anymore, auntie. I'll see you at the bar mitzvah. It's almost like it never existed. But it fucking did. So do me a favor. Go f*** yourself. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, recorded here from the sandbox. Like, subscribe, and share. Donate, PositiveSarcasm.com, slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. If you have questions, concerns, or comments, you can go to my contact section on my website, and you can uh, send me all your deets, deets, there, or you can just email me directly with uh, proper subject matter, PositiveSarcasm at Outlook.com. Social media as follows. YouTube, Positive Sarcasm, Positive Sarcasm Podcast, and the new and just over 100 subscribers, Positive Sarcasm Reactions. Music channel, you know, one of them. Whoa, look at that. Um, and then, of course, for regular social media, Facebook.com slash POS Sarcasm, Facebook.com slash Positive Sarcasm, and Instagram at Positive underscore Sarcasm, Gab AI uh, at Positive Sarcasm, and maybe one or two other stragglers. TikTok, haven't been on it in the longest time. Other, I went back on it this week to delete my account. And uh, so, yeah, as of this week, I'm officially no longer a TikToker. And I have to tell you, don't miss it. Don't miss it. I don't think about it. It's it just feels good to be off of it and not have that that creepy ass app on my phone where I know they're just going through my data every time I open it. And the way the timelines are my big one of my biggest problems with TikTok is it's easy to spot misinformation when it's been or it's easy to identify the information as it comes in when it's timelined appropriately on TikTok, it's not TikTok. it's just like with the with the new the news the news cycle so random and up to the minute and ever-changing it's like 
TikTok is not built for that. TikTok is just to get your attention, to keep you in, in involved with the subject matter that either makes you happy, gets you off, or keeps you enraged. So it's it's they're of no value. It really is. I mean, I know we have problems with Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram and Twitter. TikTok is a bad apple. TikTok is definitely a it's basically a seed of cancer being planted into your brain and it had it has to go and in my opinion it had to go i gave it a shot i gave it a benefit of the doubt um but it didn't fit it it just didn't work the the way the information was so at, at random there's no way to really truly identify what's real what's not and it's not for the app to decide. It just sort of throws everything at you, and there's no timeline for it. I miss when Instagram was timelined. But at least now they give you dates, and uh, people, they do a little better on Instagram. Instagram's a little cleaner, where TikTok is just a fucking twister of mess. And it's just gone. It's gone, and I don't have to think about it. Like, I don't have Snapchat. I don't have to think about it. Just like Twitter, I don't have to think about it. They're gone. They're out of my life. Facebook easy to manage post and ghost everything comes from instagram i post there <laughs> he dropped his bone i post here it goes on there and we're done so great so great but i mean you should take a moment to think how many social medias do i have on my tablet on my phone on my computer how often do i go through them a day how often do i interact with them how much time are they taking up of my life where i could be better off doing something else and then see if you can cut things down. Do you really need to be on them 24-7? Can you accomplish your social media lifestyle with maybe one or two apps as opposed to five? Does your business require it? Does your business need it? You know, I know exposure and likes and followers can equal money. But come on. What are we doing here? What are we reacting to? At least in my part, because I generally don't react to a lot of celebrity stuff. I am going to say something about Ryan Reynolds and the Ukraine thing, but because it, it, it ties into Hollywood and, and the hypocrisy of all of it. But what are we reacting to when we go on TikTok? It's a lot of the same shit that we see on Instagram. It's not like TikTok is like, um, oh, yeah, you can post whatever you want over here. No, you can't. I tried posting two things about newsworthy articles. And two of them got, both of them got censored. One where the appeal was denied. Well, I'm not doing that. We, I don't do that. I post what I'm going to post. I post what I feel is truth. If the app's going to censor me, I'm, I'm out. I'm not doing that. So the censorship and the messed up timeline, I'm, I'm all done with it. I couldn't do it anymore. Um, and, uh, I got more important things to focus on and I got better ways to better ways to promote myself that it's just better that that's not on my on my plate anymore. I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, I find that like a lot of businesses right now, but uh, they're having harder. It's being it's harder to find staff right now and they're changing their hours. So I'm having to like, you know, drive certain places at certain times or uh, make adjustments to when I buy things like my vitamin shop. They just um they just switch their hours from like nine to five and that's it which means it's only one shift of people so 
it's kind of annoying them closing down like that because it's like, well, I, I'm not available till like 5.15. It's like, nope, well, too fucking bad. So, you know, you have to make a – right now, people – you have to understand, gas is going to go up. The price of everything is going to skyrocket right now, um, and it is going to get worse. So you have to make those adjustments right now. You have to – please anticipate right now the cost of your life right at this moment going up another 10 or 20%. Make adjustments now for that potential 10 or 20% and you might and you should be okay. Whatever you can do, whether it's your work commute, whether it's the food that you buy, how many times you go out, how much you travel, uh, what, what you're spending on clothes, what you're spending on other people. Take all that into account right now because I think 10 to 20% of – your daily or your weekly or monthly per I know they say inflation is like 5.4, 5.8, 6 your life to go up. Your life's stuff to go up 10 to 20%. Gas prices went from $3 a gallon, they're now at $4 a gallon. Okay? Last year, uh, 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 you know, natural gas and heat and electric, they were like, you know, $70 you know, a, a month. Now it's like 125 to 170. So don't expect 5%. Expect like fucking 10 to 20%. And don't think you Tesla owners get off any easier too. You have to charge your cars. That requires energy, which requires money. So these, it affects anybody with wheels. It really does. Your food prices have gone, well, I have to say food prices, um, I, I haven't, with me personally, with me, being where I am and understanding, like I have I have options, like I have Hanover's, I have Shaw's, I have Market Basket, I have Vista Foods, I have McKinnon's, so I have a lot of different options. I found some places where I'm able to find really good food and this is me and i advise you to do some research on the markets that specialize in certain things like where I, where you can go get your meats for 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 low uh price sorry for coffee i'm going to talk about that in a minute Whew. the where you can go get your meats for very low prices depending upon the meats i mean like actual beef is still expensive right now where you can get your produce for cheap uh where you can get your other essentials for cheap maybe something you can order online like i go to like if I uh, every week, every other weekend, I'm up north in the Lakes region, um, and I go to this certain place, and I'm able to get certain foods for really inexpensive, like pre-pandemic level prices. And then I'm able to this place, McKinnon's. Now that Portsmouth has dropped its uh, its mask mandate, I go back there now, and I I'm able to p pull off produce at you know amazingly cheap prices really delicious and fresh produce and sausage and pork roasted pork delicious food delicious really higher rate type of stuff for next to nothing so i'm really there are still plenty of deals to be made out there i mean and i have a i even have a specific um gas station that i go to a grocery store that uh has the cheapest uh mid-grade and premium out there but even they have gone – that's something that is basically almost, almost uh, non-negotiable at this point. So you really are going to have to be more strategic about how you do things. Like, I mean, buying everything for me, um, I've, I've, I'm doing more research on how I can get things uh, as cheap as possible. 
because I just I, I have other things I need to plan for. This is a, a big spring for me um, as I transition out of uh, this section of the seacoast. Uh, right now, I'm, I don't want to talk say too, too much about it. I'm in negotiations to move to the uh, other side of the seacoast um, for now. And uh, but this will be great. This is an uh, actually a great opportunity um, for me to actually save uh, money, but the upfront would be expensive. But this is something that everybody's dealing with right now. Um, I talk to people who are they're, they're, they're trying to buy houses, but they they're like or they're trying to get rent right now. It's best to lock in whatever you can. And I'm showing people prices in certain uh, in other areas of the country. Like I talked to, I talked about Fort Lauderdale ad nauseum or Pompano Beach or Lauderdale Lakes or Lauder Hill or areas around there where you can go and get a condo for next to nothing. And when I say next to nothing, I'm talking about if you look hard enough, there are condos out there for 75 grand. There are condos up there for 160. And then I look at, and then I said in the video that I dropped, Port of Variety, go check it out on my original channel, uh, Positive Sarcasm on YouTube, where I said um, the prices of condos in Fort Lauderdale or around Fort Lauderdale are just as, uh, they're the, around the same price as the ones you'd find in New Hampshire, where I currently live. And that's actually wrong. They're even cheaper down in Fort Lauderdale in that area than they are up here. Condos right now in my area are going, uh, if you're lucky to find a 300 square foot one, 170 grand, but one that's actually got livable square, uh, square footage, like between six and 900 feet, um, expect to pay two, between 250 to $350,000 for basically a fucking apartment. That's insanity. Because everybody's flocking here for tax haven purposes. They're moving here from the from the border of Massachusetts. There's and I see shit popping up all the time but the prices are out of control. And even if the market goes up and uh there's a rate increase of like 0.25 or 0.50, that's not going to matter. The price, I don't see the prices dropping right now due to inflation, due to the housing inventory, because there's the first, uh, there was the people who bought in 2020. So that was round one, the people who bought in 2020. Then there was the second round of people who bought in 2021. Now there's the round of people, the leftovers, who are trying to buy in 2022. And there's plenty of them. So this isn't going to let up. It isn't going to let up until it comes to a point where people simply can't afford to buy anything. And when they can't afford to buy anything, well, just wait, wait to see the shit hit the fan. The shit is already hit the, hitting the fan. So the question is, what can you secure at this moment in time so that when the hurricane is outside, you're comfortable knowing that the hurricane is at least outside of the majority of your finances? I don't even know how I got onto this topic, <laughs> but that is something that to keep an eye. Oh, uh, it was, um, you know, paying attention to your finances and that obviously ties into real estate. And I know people in, I know people in real estate. I have some very intelligent, uh, friends in real estate and they're all telling me the same thing right now. Well, the ones that want to sell, it's like, Oh, look at this house. This house is 700 grand. This seven, this house is 800 grand. 
Huh, I'm sorry. What the fuck? What are we doing here? What are we doing? You're really trying to sell that? Forget it. One of my, friends, my one of my, you know, newest friends, coach, uh, just said flat out, don't even buy. Don't even think about it right now. He's not saying don't ever not buy, but he's like right now, don't even try. And I, I from my position, totally get it. Because right now I want to be fluid. I could do another year here. As you know, I love the Seacoast. I'm a big fan of the Seacoast. And we talked about where to possibly live. Um, and I can tell you, I could do another year here. And then we'll see where how it goes. I could just say fuck it and bounce and just head straight to Fort Lauderdale. Grab a condo and start my life down there. Well, Chase and I, obviously, he'd come with me. You know that. <laughs> you know, I don't go anywhere without him. I'd rather be homeless before I gave him up. But the option is, it's more than tempting. It's basically like, okay, if shit doesn't work here for me, and it just becomes so unlivable, then I'm out. You know, if it becomes just too unbearably cold, too unbearably expensive, too unbearably pricey, and there's no opportunity for people, for me to make money through my website or to get compensation in other ways, then it's like, well, what am I doing here? People can't afford to, they can barely afford to live here, let alone pay for services that I may be able to provide. So what are we talking about? What are we talking about? Fuck it. I'll just go down to a place where they charge $500 for a cocktail shirt in Fort Lauderdale and be like, I am open for business. White people, give me your money. So that is on my radar and I'm, I'm definitely thinking about it. And also rents down there are incredibly cheap. So you can go down there for a year, rent, and then you can start hunting down that condo and go from there and then enjoy that nice Florida life. As long as there's like a massive hurricane and doesn't flood everything. But, you know, Fort Lauderdale is gorgeous. It's clean. I said it. I highly recommend you guys take a few days, go down there, explore the area, and then let me know what you think. That being said, um, before we dive into a couple topics, I actually wanted to – I'm going to try – oh, no, I'm not going to because if I get to the Ryan Reynolds story, it's going to fucking fall apart. Um, you guys know that I roast my own coffee. I roast my own coffee. I pick regions of, of where I find coffee to be interesting, and I order. I've ordered Colombian. I've ordered Peruvian. I've ordered uh, else, uh, Guatemalan coffee, uh, Brazilian roast. Uh, you know, I you know I've I've tried. I've always loved trying coffees from all over the world with all different types of blends and brews and roasts and whatever. Um, I found this coffee. I'm going to show you a little this this country. Um, here in Africa, I'll be in Africa. Africa has some of the most delicious coffee brews of blends that you could ever ask for. It's a little tiny country uh, just below uh, Rwanda of all places. It's tiny. It's right in the middle of Africa. Um, and it's called Burundi. And it's a specific, I think it's a town called, uh, what the hell is it called? Burundi uh, Rashakana or some shit. And it's just like this coffee I'm drinking. First of all, it was I was looking. I was like, okay, I see that coffee prices have um, gone up uh, over the past several months. Obviously, coffee's one of those imports where it's it gets you know shit gets affected by a few bucks. But I also buy in bulk, so I'm I'm buying 
you know, I, I generally buy about five pounds worth of green coffee. So it's the purest form of coffee that you can get without picking it yourself <laughs> and roasting it. And then you get your choice of roast, whether you want light roast, cinnamon roast, city roast, medium roast, dark roast, espresso roast, or burnt. And you guys know that coffee is a staple of this podcast. I haven't talked about it in a while, but you guys know. And it's a little tiny place. It's all green. It's beautiful. This area is basically surrounded by coffee places It's or coffee uh, farms. And it's just – it's this coffee actually is – it's very good. It's not bitter. It's not sour. It's not too watery. It has uh, – it does have some flavor. It has some specific flavors to it, but – it is a very well-rounded roast. It's supposed to have hints of like grapefruit and almond and stuff like that. But overall, it's just a very well-balanced coffee that you could do. You could brew dark to get like an evening roast or something with some body to it. You can make it light. So if you want something in the morning, like a breakfast blend, it is great. It's all it's Burundi. It's B is boy. U R U N D I, uh, Burundi. Now the the or it's Grundy Gashikawan, that's the that's the blend. Uh, there's a website called Copen Trade, C O P A N Copen Trade, and um, that's where I go and get my roast or I go and get my beans. And you can order like five pounds all the way up to like 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 125 pounds. I'm pretty sure. Um, and they'll just send you like a big sack of beans, and you can roast it. Um, and it's not roasting. The method of roasting is not difficult at all. You do have to pay a tent. You do have to set a timer and make sure you shake it when you're done. Uh, but the, like I said, the method is not difficult to do. And believe me, the satisfaction of roasting your own beans and then drinking it, being able to drink it the next day after you grind it up, superb. Now, uh, obviously, I want to give credit where credit's due. The country of, according to Encyclopedia Britannica, Burundi. A uh, country in the eastern central Africa, south of the equator, landlocked country. Uh, a historic kingdom is one of the few countries in Africa whose borders were not determined by colonial rulers. Let's read more about it. Let's let's get a little fucking, you know, lesson here. Uh, population, 12.5 million. Uh, head of government is, oh, they got a prime minister. Nice. Uh, form of government, republic with two legislative bodies and a national assembly. Okay. The vast majority of Burundi's population is Hutu. Uh, traditionally a farming people. Uh, power, however, has long tested with the Tutsi minority, which historically has controlled the army and most of the economy, particularly the lucrative international export of coffee. <laughs> Great. I'm drinking fucking blood coffee. Few real cultural differences are distinguishable between the two peoples. And both speak Rundi or Kurundi. Such linguistic homogeneity is rare in sub-Saharan sub Africa and emphasizes the historically close cultural and ec ethnic ties among the people in Burundi. Oh, um, by the way, it's March 1st. It's technically not Black History Month anymore, but hey, fuck it. Let's learn a little. Um, that's a joke. Try to take it. Even so, the ethnic conflict between the Hutu and Tutsi has plagued the country since it gained independence in, from Belgium in 1962. Belgium, delicious chocolate. Uh, at, a at a great cost in human life and property. Few Burundians escaped the ensuing anarchy into which the country was plunged when this inter-ethnic inter violence flared anew in the 1990s. A bloody conflagration and conflagra conflag conflagration? Mm. 
That well illustrated the Rundy proverb, do not call for lightning to strike down your enemies, for it also may strike down your friends. Ooh, that's a good quote. Do not call for lightning to strike down your enemies, for it also may strike down your friends. Neither the presence of an international peacekeeping force beginning in the late 1990s nor the ratification of agreement to share power between Hutu and Tutsis were immediately effective in curbing the inter-ethnic violence, which also spilled into the neighboring countries of Rwanda and the Democratic Republic of the Congo, which have some history. Uh, Burundians are now faced with the task of quelling ethnic dissent, promoting unity, and rebuilding the country. Uh, relief and drainage, they got soils, their climate, plant and animal life. Uh, poaching has dealt a severe blow to the country's wildlife. Elephant population has virtually disappeared, leaving only warthogs, baboons, and antelope as the less endangered species. Let's see, what else? Um, elevation is a major factor, greatly moderating its tropical character. Lower elevations annuals and slightly higher, 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Which they add, let's see, relatively cool temperatures, averaging only about 70 degrees. Short dry season, dry season from May to August. Uh, two ethnic communities, common perceptions of the Tutsis, uniformly tall and great, graceful, and of Hutu as short and stocky do not fit the realistic reality of the physical variations between two groups have frequently intermarried over the centuries. Uh, religion, largely Christian. Okay. Uh, Three-fifths of Burundis identifying as Roman Catholic, more than one-eighth identifying as Protestant. Uh, Muslims cons constitute less than one-twentieth of the population. Okay. What else? Settlement patterns. They got a whole thing. Demographic, demographic trends. Their birth rate and growth rate are both well above the average for the world, while its death rate is only slight above the average. Life expectancy in Burundi, although by world standards, is above average for Africa. Economy, uh, agricultural, mainstay, excellent. Agriculture, forestry, and fishing, resources and power. They got a lot of information about it. Um, government and society. Oh, oh, let's see about this. Let's see how they treat their people. Under the, two <laughs> Jeez, what are you doing? Under the 2005 Constitution, power is to be shared by the Hutu and Tutsis. Executive power is vested in the president, who is ordinarily elected to directly... Elected directly to a five-year term, renewable once, so similar to ours. The president appoints the Council of Ministers. There is a bicameral legislature, legislature with power exercised by the National Assembly, which is mandated to comprise 60% Hutu and 40% Tutsi, and by the Senate, which provides one Hutu and one Tutsi rep from each province with three seats reserved for former presidents. In addition, three seats in each house are reserved for the TWA, the TWA. And at least 30% of the seats in both houses are held by are to be held by women. Members of both houses, most of whom are elected by universal suffrage, serve five-year terms. Interesting. Um, there's 17 provinces. They're further divided into communes. Power at the local level rests in the hands of centrally appointed authorities. Um, their legal system is based on German and Belgian civil codes and customary law. The country's highest court, Supreme Court. Court of Appeals, Administrative Courts, Constitutional Courts, Tribunal, First Instance. Uh, let's see. In 2005, UN Security Council adopted a resolution to create a National Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Uh, are legally recognized. Okay. So it looks like it's a country that's making progress, I guess you would say. Um, there's a lot of information on it. It doesn't seem like it's all turmoil, like places like Sudan. Um, so that's pretty cool. 
And uh, I guess this all stemmed from me being like, let me try this little country with this Burundi blend. And I got to tell you, it's probably one of the best blends, uh, house blends I've ever made. You know, sometimes you just want a nice, smooth coffee that you can make variations of. This is delicious. This is absolutely, it is absolutely delightful. It's got a little bit of nut to it, which I always enjoy. I always enjoy a little nut. And um, yeah, I absolutely recommend it if you can find or you can uh, brew, uh, grind or, excuse me, roast yourself. Burundi, give it a shot. Um, anyways, also, some really good news. I wanted to, I did speak about a week or two ago about Boston. I mean, I, you obviously, you know, I have my boycott list. And, um, you know, right now I still have Austria, Germany, Australia, Germany, Austria, China, Canada, Italy, Indonesia, France, Greece, California, New York City, Illinois, and Russia. Well, I took Boston off because they dropped their mandate for vaccines. But I'm, I'm here to say, happily, they've also dropped their mask mandate, which is actually expiring this Saturday. So it's great. It's like this is there, there are several, I mean, mandates that are collapsing all over all over the United States. You know, so Alberta, they're dropping theirs, but that's another story altogether. There, um, there's political pressure to end them. There's city, like New Jersey's, New Jersey is ending uh, their vaccine mandates. LA County's lifting some of their mask requirements, but uh, there, Philadelphia, uh, there's a mandate for the city workers, but it's also been delayed. Newark, New Jersey, lifting vaccine proof, indoor masks are ending that. LA County ending indoor mask mandate. Uh, New Orleans ending mask mandate, uh, vaccine mandates ending soon. Newark, okay. Arizona bill, duh, 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 that's something. Oh, Arizona's a different animal. Um, yeah, Republicans. I think Oregon. Let's see, is the vaccine mandate lifted in Chicago? Um, well, I'm not sure. First of all, I wouldn't want to go to Chicago, just like I wouldn't want to go to San Francisco or LA. But it is one of those things. It's like, oh well. Look, I could I could bitch and moan and complain about it all I want. Fact is, is people are starting to get their way. I think these politicians realize, like, oh, when the people get upset, they tend to gather, they tend to protest. So we need to we need to start doing something, or we can suppress them, like we did in fucking uh, Australia and in Canada, which is actually something I wanted to get to. We'll see if we how how we translate here now. We all understand there's a situation in Ukraine that is just a giant fucking catastrophe right now. And uh, there's been a lot of support. Now, look, there's a lot of things that are wrong with Ukraine. There's a lot of things that are wrong with the United States, too. Doesn't mean Mexico should fucking invade us. And I do appreciate um, the people who are, you know, whether it's celebrities or whatnot, donating or uh, matching donations to support. But I don't, first of all, I don't know where these donations are going i don't know how they're getting uh you know split up and gotten to people i don't know what it's going to these are things i have to take into account and um but i mean 
yeah, I know. You're trying to help. You're trying to be a good doobie. Like, for example, here, uh, the Russia-Ukraine war. Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively extend support to Ukrainian, Ukrainian refugees to donate $1 million U.S. dollars. So, um, let's see. Extend, taking to her Instagram handle recently, the Gossip Girl shit, da, 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 Van City Reynolds and I are doubling every dollar donated to the USA for UNHCR, so probably like Ukraine relief efforts, up to $1 million. She added... Uh, they're the, they're on the ground helping 50,000 Ukrainians who had flee their homes in less than 48 hours. They're providing life-saving aid and is also working with neighboring countries to ensure, hopefully not Belarus, to ensure protection for these families. She's also attached a link to her Instagram. Okay, fine. So they've done that. Um, they've joined the League of Celebrities voicing their support for Ukraine. Um, okay. So they offered to match $1 million going to Ukrainian refugees. So they're offering uh, to do that. Now, I find it funny that he's offering to match $1 million for Ukrainian refugees. Um, where was he for the trucking convoy and the freedom convoy in his home country of Canada? Did he say anything about that? Those are his own people being oppressed by a fucking uh, fascist dictator, Justin Trudeau. And he didn't, I didn't hear fucking shit out of him. I didn't hear anything out of him. That was oppression just north of the border that I live in. And he didn't say shit about it. I didn't see... They raised over $10 million for those truckers and the people who were protesting peacefully. Okay? Peacefully. $10 million. He didn't say anything. He, he didn't offer any additional donations. When they shut down people's accounts and froze them? Oh, my God. Was, was he thinking, oh, my God, if I donate to the trucking convoy, they're going to freeze my account. They're going to freeze Ryan Reynolds' bank account. They're going to seize – they're going to freeze his assets. He's Ryan fucking Reynolds. He's Deadpool. So you're, t you're telling me you'll donate to Ukraine, which is 100,000 miles away from where you sit? But you won't do anything to extend a helping hand to the to the country that you were born in? What the shit is that? What the shit is that? That doesn't make any sense to me. I thought you were... I, I, I thought you were about people's freedoms to move about. the country The country that you lived in from people that you rely upon, these truckers, you don't offer any support didn't voice any support you're afraid it would be a bad look you didn't do any i mean i get you're trying to help the ukrainians okay fine you know innocent people are fleeing some dying some in desperate need of help the people of your own country that you came from they desperately needed your support and you didn't say shit instead you just went along working on maybe deadpool 3 as fucking cops with no badges and batons and AR-15s were beating the shit out of your fellow countrymen. Hitting them and running them over with fucking horses. Smashing out their fucking windows. Dragging them off in handcuffs. Freezing their bank accounts. Denying them bail. Monitoring them. Shaming them. And you weren't there. You didn't say shit. You have to call it the hypocrisy when you see it. And that's fucking hypocrisy right there. You're willing to help out people in Ukraine. I get it. But still, you didn't stick your neck out for your own people. 
the people who believed for 10 minutes that they leave they actually lived in a fucking democracy that they actually don't russell brand did a good uh piece on this just recently about uh the you know people believing uh the country they in was actually something where they had, were able to speak their mind well they were, you, you got we won't get fooled again but he didn't say anything about ryan reynolds i am you know these are your brethren these are your brothers and your sisters they're the children of your Canadian future. Didn't hear a peep out of you, bro. Oh, you're going to freeze my bank accounts. Okay, bro. Good. Could have said something. Should have said something. Instead, you know, they're electronically monitoring all the Canadians, where they're going, what they're doing. When they're crossing the border. It's a police state. The, or the, the Orwellian state of Canada. That's what it is. And it's bleeding over here now, too. I mean, there's a, an article here. There's a ton of them, actually, that just came out uh, about Minnesota and its surveillance state. And it was stemmed around the George, Floyd mur George Floyd's murder. My associate producer sent me this one about... It's from... Actually, it's from MIT Tech. And I, it's tough to, like... When I'm going through these articles, it has to be... It's it's hard because right now information, especially about Ukraine, is coming so far fast and furious, and at, it's very a lot of it's not really accurate. There's just a lot of shit that's being pushed out by mainstream, and it's hard to get accurate information. But this one, this one seems to make sense because I'm seeing. Uh, speaking of which, where the fuck is Edward Snowden? He lives in Russia, I believe. Uh, but Edward Snowden detailed a lot of this surveillance type of stuff that's coming out. It was started, uh, one of them was in Great Britain. They had this, like, specific system that the U.S. envied when it came to surveillance. And uh, now they're employing some of that here in the United States. Well, this article is, like I said, this article is from MIT by Tate Ryan Mosley and Sam Richards. This actually just came out, this one, uh, about the secret police. Cops built a shadowy surveillance machine in Minnesota after George Floyd's murder. So let's go ahead and just dive into this a little bit and see if you want to live in Minnesota. Law enforcement agencies in Minnesota have been carrying out a secretive, long-running surveillance program targeting civilian, civil rights activists and journalists in the aftermath of the George Floyd murder in 2020. Run up a consortium known as Operation Safety Net. The program was set up a year ago, ostensibly to maintain public order as Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin went on trial for the murder. Uh, and an investigation by MIT Tech reveals that the initiative expanded far beyond its publicly announced scope to include expansive uses of tools to scour social media, track cell phones, and amass detailed images of people's faces. Surveillance state. Documents obtained via public records requests show that the operation persisted long after Chauvin's trial concluded. What's more, they show that the police used extensive investigative powers they'd been afforded under the operation to monitor invest individuals who weren't suspected of any crime. Future crimes. You ever seen that movie? Um, Tom Cruise was in it. And basically, they could arrest people for future crimes. Uh, MIT Technology Review investigated investigation includes thousands of documents and more than two dozen interviews with Minnesota state employees. Minnesota. Policing experts and activists. Taken together, they paint a picture of the state and operation intent on identifying participants through secret surveillance operations. 
though it was undertaken by non-military government agencies using public funds, taxpayer funds to have them watch you, large swaths of its inner workings have gone undisclosed. We found evidence of complex engine of surveillance tailored made for keeping close tabs on protesters and sharing the information among local and federal agencies, regardless of whether the subjects were suspected of any wrongdoing. Operation Safety Net was announced in February 21, a month before Sherwood's trial, at a press conference also attended by Hennepin County Sheriff David Hutchinson. Uh, and then Minneapolis Police Chief described as the effort to unified command that would enable law enforcement officials to mount a regional response in case in case protests turned violent. Publicly acknowledge, public, publicly OSN acknowledged that federal agencies would assist in monitoring threats, which means if they're monitoring something, they identify the fed, they identify the federal government. Involving the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Federal Bureau of Investigation, at least six FBI agents served in executive and intelligent roles for the program. Uh, according to OSN's website, which is shut down in the, on the 19th of January, the program's mission was to preserve and protect lawful First Amendment nonviolent protests and demonstrate blah, blah, blah. So it's a bullshit mission statement. All companies have them. The site added Operation Safety Net is also dedicated to prevent violent civil disturbances, assaultive actions, property damage, fires, and looting to government buildings, businesses, and civil critical infrastructure. Yeah, sure. Uh, OSN hasn't tweeted, posted on Facebook, or held a, pro a press conference since the week of the guilty verdict. Uh, the week of the coordinated... Okay. Uh, it's not an on... Yeah, quote, it's not an ongoing operation. Uh, I talked about last week ha uh, my real uh, aggressive opinion on the Ottawa Police Department and, uh, I mean, as a whole overall, and of the Royal Canadian Mountie Police for their behavior uh, towards their own people. Let me just close that. There we go. How their behavior towards their own people was flat out disgusting and deserving of firing criminal prosecution um and um not defunding but transferring of funds per se like i'm not going to support a police department that basically serves as a paramilitary group like some of the stuff that you see um if look if a cop looks like a fuck if a cop looks like a fucking national guardsman or looks like an, a, an army reserve i don't i don't like that i don't like that i don't i i get it my father was a riot cop in new york city saw all kinds of crazy shit but the way this gets deployed and the the way they're just following orders my father always said the best cop was a c plus student because they just follow orders they don't question anything this is good and bad at the same time, depending upon the circumstances. What I saw, but what I saw in Canada is not an example of something I want to see in the United States. But you are starting to see it more and more when they shut down these protests. What I saw in Hong Kong, same thing. I have a thing about when police turn into this, they have a different, they have more of a, uh, a National Guard or Army type look or lifestyle. It's, that's the thing. You want to keep the you want to keep these 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 uh, quote assault weapons out of the hands of civilians. Maybe it's a good idea to focus more on the people who are suppressing the people. You know, cops are civilians too, and they do stupid shit all the time. And you're giving them 
aggressive weaponry. And, aggre- and also, they have aggressive weaponry and they have aggressive power. You don't just defund an entire police department. But here's the thing. When it comes to budget cuts and allocation of resources, your town, city, or state, uh, your voters for the town, your voters for the city, your voters for the county, your voters for the state, need to have real access and understanding of how this money gets funded and votes on each section. Like communication is important. Infrastructure of the building where you operate is important. Proper uh, weaponry and proper training is important. Not just any cop on the beat and just giving them a fucking M4, uh, you know, type of carbine. You know, look, some of these people are no better than just fucking your average security guard. I'll be perfectly frank with you. I know a lot of good officers. I know a lot of shitty ones, too. I've lived through this as a young kid. You know, through the eyes of my father. I've seen a lot of shitty law enforcement. Just like anything else. There's shitty doctors. There's shitty nurses. (laughs) Hint. There's... You know, there's shitty people in all areas of society. But the thing is with with police, they're designed mentally to back each other up, which they should. But the amount I saw in Canada, and now you're going to give them this ultimate surveillance ta- uh, tactics? You give them a warrant, they have to serve it. You give them orders, they follow them. But the thing is, is in a lot of these scenarios... Police officers are also servants of the community, servants for the community. There are certain trainings. If you are a community-oriented policing where you are um, designed to work with people and work with a small community, what's my buddy barking at? Chase, come here. Come here. (laughs) Come on. Come on up. Come on up. Relax. Relax, pal. Relax. Yeah, I got you. Barking, people can hear you, you know. Relax. When you are designed for community-oriented policing, your job, you should be trained to work in certain police departments that maintain the purity of the community. Make make sure that the community is working to the pace of its population. So if you're a chill community, be a chill cop. If you are designed to be an officer who has to wrestle with people, well, you need to, you know, and you work in a little more of an aggressive area, then there's different tactics that you take into account and you should be designed to work under pressure and psych evaluations are also not a bad thing because cops deal with a lot of traumatic shit and that can make them break but as far as learning to control yourself and making sure that because you're only as good as the worst part of your training learning jujitsu learning anger management understanding who you're hiring is super important when you bring these people into law enforcement or into any type of enforcement. And you can't have quotas and you can't have people, cops who look like paramilitary. It's like, you don't know if they're SWAT. They all look like SWAT at this point. At this point, what are we trying to prevent? What are we getting, what are we getting uh, training for? They get budgets for $700 rifles, $1,000 rifles in each vehicle. 
but they don't even get the funding to have decent radio communications. So it's it's kind of skewed. It's very skewed. What are you going to do with that rifle as a member of law enforcement when you don't even have the, the a proper ability to communicate? The funding should be allocated to different sections of the department. There's many ways to solve this. I'm just rough drafting it. And I can tell you from what I've seen and what I've worked with and what's coming down the pike, I'm not a fan of it. If you have an oppressive police, if you have an oppressive police department, that is the same as having a dirty police department. To me, the city of Minnesota is no different than the city of New Orleans, where you have corruption and then you have oppression. It's the same thing. So an oppressive mentality is an easily corruptible one. And that's something not something that is not something I stand for. It is not something I support. It is not something I will stay quiet about. Okay? So these surveillance things, the, first of all, you have to understand, where do they get it from? Us. We fucking pay for it. Every time, if you see a drone flying in the air monitoring traffic, you paid for that drone. You paid for somebody to get training on it. You got you paid for somebody to stand there and fly it. I'm not a fan of that. I do not like traffic drones. That, that You shoot them out of the fucking sky for all I care. I'm perfectly fine with that. They shouldn't be there. They shouldn't be there. As far as um, this future crimes type surveillance state bullshit... Not a fan of that either. If your police department is participating, considering, or ramping up on this, that needs to be shot down. That needs to be fucking voted for. There needs to be massive community protest on this stuff. The very thing that they're designing to prevent. They're planning to prevent. It's too much. It is. It is too, there is such thing as too much power for anybody. Too much power. You saw the display of ultimate power in Canada against thousands of peaceful protests, people who supply our vital goods and services. And then you hear about this shit that Minnesota's pulling off. What other states are pulling this off? I can guarantee you that New York City is absolutely doing something effective to this. So what's to stop them? Well, I can tell you right now, they could burn down for all I care. I want nothing to do with them. I want nothing to do with them. But it's it's now now is our time to speak up. But I want you guys, when you do speak up, to do a little research first. Do a little bit. Ask questions. Under trying to understand as a voter in your county, in your community, in your city, in your state, in your federal elections, what do you want? What can you be doing to better your situation? And what are your thoughts about what your community is doing that you may or may not know about that could actually hurt you in the end? Because you pay to live. You always pay to live in a certain type of environment. But if that certain type of, if that, if, let me make sure I say this correctly. You're paying to live in a certain type of environment. However, if that is environment is paying to, is using the stuff that you pay for, only to take more money out of your pocket and more freedoms out of your lifestyle, then why the fuck are you living there? What's the point? If you want to live in a nice neighborhood 
where there's not a lot of crime and the speed limit is the speed limit's 35 miles per hour and you just want to chill out in your backyard and walk down to your friend's house or go to the grocery store and just not be bothered if that you know lifestyle is being pushed down upon you just pack up and leave there's no people are getting way too comfortable actually you know what they're getting way too comfortable with is fear they're too afraid of change. It's not the, the the fear of being oppressed or the fear of being attacked or the fear of getting COVID. It's just the fear of change. You don't like where you live? Fucking move. You don't like your job? Fucking quit. You don't like your car? Trade it in. You don't like your relationship? End it or fix it. One of the two. You don't like your body? Get healthier. These are things we could all be doing. And then it start. And you know what? If you have a government, you have a county, you have a, a town that is not listening to your demands. You vote them out. You vote to end their taxes. You vote to shut all that shit down. That's it. If you don't like something, work to change it. And if it doesn't change for the better, there's no positive signs that it is going to change for the better. You leave. You pack your shit and you just say, well, because you guys didn't listen to me, you no longer get my tax pay. I'm selling my fucking house. I'm ending the lease on my apartment. I'm leaving this job. I'm transferring it. I'm going somewhere else. I'll never come back here again. You guys can fuck off. That's the only way you can get them to either. That's, well, that's the only way. And who, at that point, if you're leaving, who cares what happens to that place? You know, I said point blank. I would not. There was a mask mandate in Portsmouth. Therefore, I will not shop in that town. That mandate ended. And now I shop in that town a little bit. Now they get my money. Boston had a mask mandate and a vaccine mandate. I'm like, okay, principles. I will not shop down there. I will not do anything down there other than get on a plane and go to fucking Florida. They ended both. Now it's like, okay, maybe if I wanted to go down there and grab some pastries, I'll be, I will happily do so. Now it's a consideration. Now you may get my money. So it is very simple for you to make those decisions. If you don't like something, don't support it. Don't spend your money on it. Don't, don't go, don't take the lazy route. Don't go all fucking, you know, Velveeta macaroni and cheese on me. Just really make an effort to put in really make an effort to make a change for yourself for the better and it starts with being like we're not going to put up with this shit as uh as people of a of a city a state or a country and vote and fucking vote it out but make sure you're doing enough effort to make sure that it's not you that needs to change and it's the other and it's the other things that need to change because maybe it's you who needs to do some changing but in this case, no, this surveillance shit, that has to stop. That has to stop. And quite frankly, if you living in some of these cities like Atlanta or Minneapolis, I wouldn't waste my fucking time. New York City, I wouldn't waste my time. I get it. For, it's a comics haven. It's not for me, though. It's not a haven for me, okay? I've walked, I've walked that, well, that whole fucking city. I'm all set right now. You know, my look, even my mind after this whole last year and a half, two years, my mind has shifted a lot too. My mind didn't break. I just knew what I was looking for in life. 
and I'm okay with where I am, but it took a, it took a long time to get here and I still have a lot of work to do. But through this hard work, I've now gained options. I've now gained a future, you know? I'm still gonna be able to enjoy the seacoast and I'm gonna be cutting my uh, expenses down because I've made some, I, I, I worked, I, I put in a lot of time into researching and making a lot of efforts. I'm really, I mean, it's, it's gonna work out for me and I'm gonna be, you know, near the seacoast for the next, for next foreseeable year. But I also now have the option to look at uh, other states. And believe me, Fort Lauderdale's on my hit list for sure. Uh, we're at 53 minutes. I think I milked this down plenty, but I hope you guys are starting to get the drift of what I'm coming across. If you, you know, if you if you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, just email me directly. Positive sarcasm at outlook.com. Subject: What the fuck are you talking about? And I'll be like, all right, well, here's kind of where I am. Um, questions, concerns, comments, email me directly, or you can go to my website, hit the contact section. You guys know where to find me on YouTube. Type that in. Look for the black hole logo. Uh, Facebook.com slash POS sarcasm. Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. And uh, Instagram at positive sarcasm. TikTok, we out. I'm done with you. Get get fucking kick rocks. Um, and of course, if you want to support the podcast, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. And if you want to find the podcast, it's available at my website. Download it or stream it. It's available on basically every single audio platform that you can think of. If you think of one that I'm not on, please let me know. I'll add it. And of course, also on Spotify and on YouTube and now available on Rumble. So go ahead and check me out, like, subscribe, and share in there as well. But in the meantime, we're going to close up shop for this week. Thank you guys so much for just, you know, hanging out with me while I've been uh, working through all this stuff on the seacoast. This beautiful but very, very cold seacoast. And I'll talk to you all next week. Recorded here from the Sandbox. This has been a positive sarcasm presentation.